Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Rambling with Chris. I am your host, Chris Euler, and I am back here after interviewing Father Andy Thuringer. And Father Andy is a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and Father Andy and I have known each other for the last three now, uh, years now as we've both worked in Aberdeen. He was the associate pastor at St. Mary's Parish in Aberdeen, and he worked very closely at Roncalli with our students and our staff, uh, and me personally, and I got to know him as a good friend, uh, as a brother in Christ, and we've shared a lot of beautiful moments. But one of his specialties and one of the things that he loves deeply is beauty. Uh, Last year, we went on a pilgrimage to Rome together. We took our students as well as students at O'Gorman Catholic High School in Sioux Falls, where he is now the chaplain, actually. And uh, his knowledge and understanding of beauty is amazing. And the ability to relate it to God and relate it to our relationship with others and with God is amazing. So I encourage you guys to listen in to this wonderful podcast with him. Uh, But before we do, we're going to hear a quick word from our sponsor, and then we're going to tune on into Father Andy. So stay tuned. I hope you enjoy. God bless. Oh, good. All right. Well, Father, let's talk a little bit about beauty. So, what, I guess, just at the very base level of beauty, you know, as we're talking about the transcendentals, what is beauty? So, that's complicated. Uh, <laughs> and, in fact, in fact, uh, one of the, you know, I think beauty has played a particular role in my own um, conversion and deeper conversion to Christ. Um, and so one of the things I did in college is I went and uh, took a, an entire semester just on understanding beauty from a theological perspective. Um, and so we could go pretty deep on this. And frankly, that's when it starts to get really confusing. Um, one of the things I think we should do before we even get to what is beauty is you mentioned the word transcendental. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Right. And maybe we can talk first about what that means, um, because if beauty is a transcendental, then maybe first we should understand what transcendentals are. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in the word transcendental is the word transcend. Right. And uh, to transcend is to go kind of above and beyond. Right. But it's to go above and beyond from within. So we might think of um, some amazing athlete. Right. Uh, I, I, I hate to do it because he's not exactly a role model, but uh, Conor McGregor, right, in the MMA, uh, <laughs> famous, famous boxer, wrestler, fighter. Right. Um, but most people know him, even if they don't know MMA. Right. Because he's transcended the sport. Right. He started within the sport. He's transcended it. We could look at all other. Wasn't it. Um, uh, oh, shoot. I was trying to think of, there was a basketball player that won an Oscar, like, last year. 
and I want to say it was LeBron James, but I could be wrong. I, I yeah, there I have my, no idea. I don't remember. There goes there goes my like the there's the limits of my my sports knowledge. We already hit it. <laughs> uh, you're you're much more uh, you're much better at all the the sports things and whatever. Anyway, we'll see. Um, but I mean, lots <laughs> of athletes do this, right? Where they start in one sport, but they become a household name, right? And that's we would say that's transcending the sport. Um, you might think of if you were in water. Right. You're underneath the water. You're in the water. And if you were going to transcend that water, you would swim up through the water to the surface where you could take take a big, deep breath. Right. Um, Spaceships transcend the atmosphere. Right. They start on Earth and they lift off and they go not just, you know, past the atmosphere, but through it. Right. So to transcend is to to go above and beyond, but from within. All right. Hopefully that I've, I've kind of established that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So what, is a, what is a transcendental? Well, what Catholics at least would describe a transcendental as is something that we experience in this world, right? It's not beyond this world. It is definitely part of this world. But it's something that transcends this world. So it's present in this world, but it also points beyond it, mm-hmm. right? So not simply a material reality. But a material reality that points us to the immaterial, to the eternal, right? Um, and, you know, there are ways that we could just talk about the eternal or about the spiritual without ever making reference to the world around us. Um, but if we're going to talk about transcendentals, we're talking about those things around us that transcend the world around us. They're here, but they point us beyond Right. And so classically, um, although there, th- this list is broader and it's debatable and we could go through all that, it gets very confusing very quickly. Um, but classically, the three transcendentals are truth, beauty and goodness. Truth, beauty and goodness. Now, these are all three things that we find in the world around us. And hopefully we find them in the world around us all the time. But they point us beyond the world around us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, we, we might talk about truth and define truth. What is truth? Well, truth is if something corresponds to reality. Right. So if I make a statement, you know, um, I'm on the phone with Chris right now. Right. Well, if that statement corresponds to reality, which it does, I'm on the phone with you right now. Yeah. Right. Then it's true. But there are there's something about uh, truth. And the deeper we go and the more profound the truths that we discuss, right, these things don't just stay on the level of the day-to-day and they don't just stay on the level of the world. Like some of these highest truths um, about who we are and about what, you know, what is life about and about um, the universe around us. Some of these highest truths that we seek point us beyond just the truth itself. They point us to... uh, the eternal God. Um, and in fact, we, we might even push it a little further and remember that God isn't just true. God is truth itself. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Right. He doesn't just participate in it. Right. He is truth itself. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. <laughs> right. Um, I, I always love Thomas Aquinas um, in, uh, in the Pange Lingua. Um, he says, uh, he says, truth himself speaks truly or there's nothing true. Mm, yeah. In other words, Jesus don't lie. 
because uh, he can't. <laughs> He's the opposite of a lie. He is truth itself. And so particularly when we talk about the truths of our faith, right? These are things in and of our world. You know, I can write them down on a paper. I can put them on a test for my ninth grade religion class, right? Um, but they always point us beyond this world, right? So that would be one example of a transcendental, um, which would be truth. And another would be goodness, right? Um, goodness is much harder to define, Um but we know when something is good. One, it's good for us, right? And we also just have that experience of what goodness is. And one of the most profound things about goodness is it, it um, goodness wants to spread. Yeah. Goodness doesn't stay hidden. Goodness, the technical term is, is diffusive of itself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you think of uh, diffusing a, 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 like a spray in the air, right? So maybe I've got some like disinfectant spray because uh, I'm all paranoid now. I'm going to spray it into the air and it's going to naturally diffuse to fill the space so that all of the particles are spread equally. Right. Well, good is diffusive. And whenever something is good, it wants to share itself. Right. Um, And this is, this is uh, the whole purpose of like a charity, right? A bunch of people get together and they have something good and they want to share it. Mm, Um, And we know when we experience that, when we're being let inside that. Right. But it also, it doesn't just stay on the level of the material. When I experience true goodness from another person, it lifts my heart, my soul. It points me to something beyond this world. Um, why, why, why would this person be so good to me? Right. What, what do they have to gain? Right. I'm assuming of course the person isn't being like selfish or backhanded or tricky. Right. If the person is actually being good to me, why, why, what do they get out of it? Well, nothing. They're just sharing goodness because that's what goodness does, right? Right. And it's like, wow, there's you know, there's no material gain to be had there. They're just good. Maybe there's something beyond this world that's really important, <laughs> you know? Um, so then you come to what, in some people's opinion, might be the trickiest transcendental, right? Which is beauty. So we started like, what, like 10 minutes ago now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's perfect though. And it's you, good. And you said like, what is beauty? Yeah. Um, and this has been a debate over the course of human history. And lots of people have written lots of different things about what they think beauty is, Christians and non-Christians. The most compelling definition that I found is that beauty is the transcendental of manifestedness. Huh. Right, um, you're going to have to break that uh, down, Father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when something is manifest, it's, it's, um, it's present to me, right? I can experience it. Um, it's, it's here in front of me. Um, and I think what beauty is, is, is the transcendental that I can experience most profoundly with my senses. Mm. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, so what does truth, which can be, by the way, truth can just be an idea in your head, right? Yeah. And beauty can just be an experience in your heart, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Beauty is what it looks like when truth and goodness take shape. Um, when, when I experience in a tangible way truth or goodness, which is why, by the way, some people have argued that beauty isn't actually transcendental. You're just experiencing truth or goodness, right? Um, I disagree with that. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Um, but I, I disagree with that because I think there is something particular to beauty where it requires its own definition. Um, and that I think is its manifestness, that it's sensible 
um, quite literally, that we can sense it, right? So think of think of um, St. Peter's Basilica. Yes. Right in Rome, the, the largest church on earth, and not only the largest, but maybe the most beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I, I can know for a fact, um, based on scripture, uh, that Jesus wanted Peter to lead the church, right? Mm-hmm. I can hold that idea in my mind and it's true and it's powerful, right? And, um, and I can see the goodness of God leaving us the church. Like I can experience the goodness of God leaving us the church and the sacraments, you know, guarded by Peter. Um, but I remember very distinctly um, standing underneath St. Peter's in what they call the scavi, the excavation, where we actually discovered St. Peter's bones, right? And I remember um, we, we went and, and knelt and prayed and asked for Peter for, to pray for us in front of his bones. Uh, and then we got up and we walked out a few steps. And I was in this kind of, you know, this chapel right next to where Peter's bones are kept. And I, I just happened to look up at the ceiling and there was like this little ventilation grate. And I could peer just through the little slits in the grate. I could peer up and I realized we were right underneath the, you know, 500 foot tall dome of St. Peter's Basilica. And so literally from like his bones hundreds or thousand feet up in the air through, you know, and you could see the sky, the light streaming in and all this stuff up to this gigantic dome with the words, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And I could see that. And I could experience being in that place. And that truth that I knew came to life. I could sense it. Mm. Right. And indeed, like that was a transcendent moment. Like I I wept (laughs) Um, um, because because I was standing in the world like I had a, you know, you could put a GPS dot on me and say he was exactly here. Right. (laughs) Um, And yet my heart was somewhere else. Right. My heart, my mind had been lifted up to heaven um, by not just the idea of Peter being the rock that Jesus built. Right. But by witnessing that that beautiful dome up through, and there's even something beautiful about the fact that I wasn't just looking at it normally, but I had to see it through these little slits because I was standing next to Peter's bones. And um, I mean, that's that to me, that's what beauty adds to the discussion is that there's something about the experience with our senses, with our bodies, um, that helps show our hearts that there's more than this world. Right. Well, absolutely. And by our very created nature, you know, being body and soul, we have to experience the world in a certain way, you know, and, you know, we see that from the very early on get go in Genesis with the creation. Right. And so and then, well, then even more so into Jesus becoming man, having to experience all that we did, you know, the ups and the downs, the beautiful, the true. Right. And so, yeah, that's very good insight, Father. Thank you. So. You talk about experiences. You talk about um, these things that transcend you. They like they re- they take your body or your your mind and your heart elsewhere. Now, when we think about like music in art, right? Those things that are so can be so moving. Are there some specific examples you have of anything in your life in those regards that have transcended your mind and your heart? I mean, absolutely. This, I mean, this was kind of the whole thing for me. Um, why I got into this topic in the first place um, was before I ever studied beauty, I experienced it. 
Um, and you know, I think a couple times throughout this podcast already, I've said, I basically said like, let's not go into that. It gets complicated. <laughs> right. And, um, and honestly, like if, you know, I, if 99.9% of the people that listen to this never study beauty, that is totally cool. I, in fact, I, I kind of applaud that. <laughs> like, um, studying beauty is, is, is very interesting. And if, if you're drawn to that truth, right, you, you might, you might want to go seek that out. But I think the primary thing is to experience beauty, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the whole point. It's, it's, it's not just something I can know or sense. It's, I mean, or, I mean, it's not just something I can know or assent to. It's, um, something I experience. And so what first started me down the path here was like, experiencing really beautiful art and particularly moments of being present in front of art you know so i keep we talked about um just before i go into maybe a story or two we talked about uh you said that these things like lift your mind and your heart elsewhere right um and i totally um agree with that but it's not just elsewhere it's not just to like another place um as if like it li- it lifts my heart, my mind to outer space, yeah. or yeah. or or to this vague idea of eternity, right? Um, but remember, we already said like God is truth. God is goodness. He's not just good. Like I, I mean, I love that phrase. God is good, but God isn't good. He's goodness, mm-hmm. right? Um, and God is beauty itself, right? Right. Every everything beautiful on earth that you experience participates in some way in God's beauty, right? It's like a, it's like a, an echo of who he is, right? Um, uh, C.S., or not C.S. Lewis, uh, J.R.R. Token wrote a, uh, a really beautiful poem about kind of storytelling and whatnot. And at one point he says that, um, that God's creation is like light that went through a prism. So mm. God is this like one pure light. And then he creates, like hits the prism and it splinters and fragments into all of these various colors, right? But each of those colors, even though they're not identical to God, they're still light, right? They still participate in what he is, right? Um, and this is, this is actually part of the reason why Catholics use stained glass is that idea, right? That the sun, the sun has this single source and then it hits material creation and you get all these beautiful different varied colors that tell a story right Mm -hmm. um uh and so when when we experience beauty you know it's it's transcendent it doesn't just but it doesn't just take us to some other place right It, it brings us closer to god and so you know and and i i hate to just think maybe i'm biased you know after all i'm christian um but but every time I've experienced really profound beauty in my life, it's always been an encounter with God. Um, it's always been a place where I draw closer to him or get to know him better or experience his love for me, um, which is part of why I'm so kind of enthusiastic and interested in beauty in the first place was it was part of how God reached out to touch my life. Um, you know, so I, I remember, I remember being uh, very young, going on a retreat um, out over this, you know, looking over this lake, and it had like a forest and a lake, and it was just a beautiful. And then the sun was setting, and we were in this chapel, and um, I went to confession, and it was probably the first really good confession of my life, 
right? Where I wasn't just like, well, I hit my sister and I, you know, like, (laughs) like I really, I really deeply needed to be forgiven and was. And I remember walking out of the, walking out of the little chapel and the sun was setting over the lake. And I just experienced the beauty of God's creation and immediately like knew just by, and it's so weird when you think about it, when you really think about it, like I looked at a lake (laughs) as the sun was setting Mm -hmm. and I knew God loved me. Wow. And see, this, this is what, this is what I think the power of, of, that beauty is of truth and goodness manifested, right? It didn't hurt that God had just given me like incredible goodness by forgiving me. Right. And my heart was already experiencing that in one way. And then it was manifested in front of me through the goodness of his creation, you know, and my heart just opened all the way up and was like, Oh my gosh, God is real. He loves me despite my faults and look at the beautiful world he's created. Um, that was probably my first encounter with beauty, I'd say. One of my very first experiences of God. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you. And that's, I find it too, like when at one point I was, I remember a few years back, I was in Colorado. Um, I was with my my now wife and we were just dating at the time, but we had hiked on um, top of Horsetooth Path for a sunset hike. And I was with my cousin and his wife. And uh, as the sun was setting, you know, we were on the front range and, I had kind of, it was kind of been an interesting time in my life as I was, you know, just kind of diving deeper into who God was. And so I totally relate as watching the sunset over the mountains, like knowing God loved me, knowing that God created me while he created all this beauty and he loves me individually. That's such a powerful encounter. So yeah, father, thank you. So, uh, I've got about, we've got about 10 minutes left here that I can record. Uh, before it just automatically shuts off because uh, it's a <laughs> it's low uh, this is a low income uh, recording but uh, now I want to ask one question it may be complicated but just we'll, we'll see what we got all right so yeah. beauty I know a lot of people like the whole quote beauty is in the eye of the beholder right that's a very popular quote and to an extent there's some truth in it but I think there's more to that. So can you kind of like touch on beauty being something objective and subjective maybe? So when you say, um, when you say beauty is objective, right? You're saying that, that apart from the subject, right? Like me, like I am a subject, you are a subject. Um, we are, we are all viewers, right? Um, but apart from us, that something is beautiful, whether I look at it or not. Right. Kind of that old question. Like if a tree falls in the forest, does anybody hear it? Yeah. Right. Well, subjectively, no. Right. Objectively. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, although I don't want to get into that debate. Right. But, (laughs) but, but that's what we're talking about. Right. Um, so here's what I'd say. Uh, sometimes I get frustrated with this question. And um, one, because it's not an easy question to answer. So personally, I just get frustrated from all the study I've done, (laughs) um, reading all these books. I'm like, come on, give me an answer. Right. But I think part of the other reason I get frustrated about this question is um, it seems to me that some people want to make the claim that beauty is objective so that they can like bully other people (laughs) so that they can be like, see, I told you this is beautiful. Now shut up. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. and uh, 
uh, where I get frustrated with that is if beauty is if if beauty is manifestedness, right? Of God revealing Himself in some way through our senses, right? Um, then subjectivity really matters. Mm. Like it's mm-hmm. really really important. And not only that, but it can be good um, because, for instance, there are things that you can do as a subject to help yourself uh, witness beauty more often. Right. Right. Yeah. So, for instance, you know, I think we all I think we all know that creation around us is beautiful. Right. Um, But there are things that you can do to help yourself experience God through his creation more often. Things like putting down your cell phone, (laughs) you know, I always, I always, when I teach RCIA, I I show this little like image of a forest and then like a gigantic picture of a forest. And I'm like, how are you ever going to have a heart prepared to receive all of this, this gigantic experience of nature, right? If, If you're always looking at this little like four inch by two inch box. Mm. right yeah wow um there are things you can do like what what if as you were going on that hike you were like praying maybe even praying one of the psalms about god's creation you can put yourself in the proper disposition right um to receive beauty um and there are things you could subjectively do that would make it less likely that you would experience beauty right so you can be con- you could be going on that same hike but be on a phone about business the next week and the deadlines and all this stuff right you could be distracted you could just be in a bad mood and be looking down at the dirt and kicking rocks as you go right you you would probably miss it yeah right and and i think you know, one of the one of the things that some people struggle with, as far as this beauty in the eye of the beholder, things is, you know, when it comes to art. Yes. One of the things that you can do to help yourself experience art more beautifully is study it and learn about the different styles and what the artists were trying to accomplish. And you know, so just here's one little fact. Um, maybe some of you know about the statue of the Pietà, right? Michelangelo carved an image of Mary holding Jesus. Now, you can look at that, and a lot of people would say that's beautiful, but I bet there would be some people who would look at that and say, I don't get it, right? Well, you could study Michelangelo, or you could study, you know, Renaissance sculptures, and it would probably help you see the beauty in it. For instance, just one fun little fact about it. Of all of Michelangelo's sculptures, the Pietà is one of the very few that is buffed to a shine. Most of them are marbled, and it's rough on the outside. But the Pietà was shined and buffed so that it kind of gleams. And one of the reasons is that it was meant to sit above an altar at Mass. So that when the priest raised the host, which is this thin little white disc that often has a little bit of a sheen to it, it would be lost in the midst of the statue. You you wouldn't be able to see the Eucharist as clearly because you would just look and see the body of Christ. Wow, that's powerful. Right? That's now, amazing. next time I look at the Pietà, I'm going to look at it differently. And that yeah. is a subjective experience, right? And so, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't see this whole subjective-objective thing as a problem for Catholics or something that we should be super worried about, except in the positive. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, are things objectively beautiful? Yes, absolutely, right? Um, things are, you know, there are certain things that we can point to and say, like, absolutely, that's beautiful. Um, and if you don't see that, you need to get off your cell phone or you need yeah. to 
<laughs> get away from technology for a little bit, or you need to stop thinking about the office, or you need to do a little bit of study, or you need to go to confession, or you know whatever it might be. Um, that's totally true. Um, and uh, beauty is objective because it, you know something either does or doesn't participate in the beauty of God, right? Right. Um, when we start to say, you know, where I get frustrated, then is sometimes people will be like, okay, so what are the what are the five things that make something beautiful? And look, these these can be fun, you know, debates, and and every major theologian has their two cents. Um, but again, I usually see people like bullying other people with it, like like you see, this piece of art has these five things, so make it beautiful. Uh, <laughs> like like yeah. say, uncle, right? And to me, it's like it, the, we would be served much better by like preparing people subjectively to experience that beauty in a deeper way. Mm, yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you, father. And so yeah, we wrap, as we wrap this up, this time up with father, yeah. like we prepare people to receive something, right? Oh, it's, so important. it's so important, you know, and more than just in works uh, of, of beauty, but in, in our encounter with one another, like that's where we experience true authentic relationship true authentic discipleship and it is in the beauty of the other person and so uh art music nature god's creation and god's creation are people too so we can take this and really relate it to our own life and so we've got less than a minute left father so any closing thoughts real quick uh no not really i mean get out there and find something beautiful and pray Amen. All right. Well, that was awesome. So thank you again to Father Andy, and I hope you guys enjoy this awesome reflection on beauty. So we will wrap it up here. So that's Rambling with Chris, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Bye-bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast with Father Andy on about beauty. If you enjoy the podcast as a whole, I encourage you guys to subscribe, rate us well, uh, and give us a good comment and share with your friends. Most importantly, that's something that uh, I think will really mean something if you share it with your friends personally. Um, the, the goal of this podcast, of course, is to be something that is good and that is true and that is beautiful in a world that is so often crazy and so often just full of negativity. And so I hope this can be a light in your guys' life and I hope you share it with others. So have a great, great time with whatever you're doing this fall, especially during this COVID tide. Stay safe, stay healthy and uh, stay close to God. Bye bye.